I would say uh, the mindset of the decision makers, readiness of the institution, and, and, and in general, how we think about architecture and infrastructure, technical infrastructure, these are probably the changes that are pushing us the, the quickest because at the end of the day, these large institutions need to be need to be ready to absorb whatever innovation is being produced outside of the of the enterprise. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Incheck with Fintech. Today we are joined by Hubert Drachwaski, CEO at Nethone. Hubert led Nethone from an early stage supporting the world's leading online platforms. After passing a number of operational duties onto Nethone's COO, on a daily basis he is currently responsible for creating and operationalizing the company's go-to-market strategy, as well as building extensive relationships with the company's current and future investors. Specializing in strategic advisory roles for financial institutions, IT companies and entities from industrial goods and energy sectors, he has a world-class professional track record. Without further ado, welcome to InCheck with Fintech. Um, it's great to have you um, and talk a bit more about uh, Nephone, uh, but also, yeah, I think the development of fraud attacks, uh, what you see in the market today, solutions that are out there, um, and really get your knowledge uh, in that regard. But before we start, would you mind giving the listeners a bit of an introduction on yourself? Definitely. Thanks for having me, first of all, and uh, it's a pleasure to be part of this discussion. Uh, I will do my best to make it as as uh, as productive for everyone who is listening. My name is Hubert. I'm a Polish national. Uh, I've been part of the anti-fraud world for the last six years. In 2016, we we started our uh, our battle uh, with um, technically sophisticated uh, fraudsters. Uh, and ever since, have been trying to grow our product, our technology, and uh, and and, and our go-to-market efforts to be able to support as many merchants and financial institutions around the world as possible. It's been quite a hell of uh, quite a heck of the ride uh, so far, and uh, hopefully there's there's a lot of wins ahead of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great. Well, the, looking forward to to diving into that. But before you founded Nephone, I think you were part of BCG, right? What is it that is there something that happened in your time at BCG where you came up with the idea of finding Nephone or, or how did that come about? How do you go from BCG to finding a company in the anti-fraud space? Indeed. Uh, actually, my, my, my time uh, as a management consultant were, were very inspiring for, for what we have decided to do um, uh, with Neton at the very beginning. Um, it was a very fortunate time for me personally uh, because... Um, it was 2014, 2015, 2016, when um, it was a pretty busy time within the financial services landscape in Europe. A lot of retail banks have been acquiring or merging with other retail banks. And um, due to the scale, these processes are very complex. Uh, and there is a lot of um, room and work for management consultants. And, and given my experience and background, I was fortunate to be to be staffed on some of the engagements when it came to merging IT systems and deciding how to make two banks become one and 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 leverage the data potential associated with uh, with uh, with operations and uh, and uh, and transactions of end users. Uh, so obviously, I was not uh, working in a capacity of developer or technical architect, but um, being uh, being um, part of uh, such complex processes and having a business insight 
what stems from this data, what, what really is the business potential. Uh, it was a pretty unique perspective, and, and I and I have to admit that it seemed to me that um, back then, uh, and I guess this is one of the reasons why fintechs have been able to grow so significantly. There was there was a strong conviction that there is so much more that conventional retail banks could do in terms of data extraction, data processing, and in general understanding and users, online users. Uh, to the benefit of the of the quality of the offer, availability of the offer, and so on and so forth. So uh, that was pretty inspiring. And and and, and once uh, an opportunity arrived, and and there was there's always a group, or usually there's a group of founders. I was invited by by two uh, uh, two two partners to join them, uh, and 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 trying to brainstorm what kind of utility is really missing within. Uh, this online user interaction flow, but from the perspective of, uh, of 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 building a holistic understanding, but at the same time, um, uh, searching for for a unique value proposition. We are very pragmatic, um, maybe uh, as as a, as a Polish nation, maybe not as much as uh, as the Dutch, but uh, we we like to uh, simplify things. And and for us, uh, a vision of building a technology company uh, around the concept of knowing your users or effectively shipping a more holistic understanding of end users was a little bit too broad. So uh, we we were brainstorming and we figured out that a negative user, a user that you do not want to have within your platform, whether you are an online bank. Uh, cryptocurrency exchange platform, merchants selling shoes online, or whoever else that is leveraging this remote shopping experience. At the end of the day, for 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 all of these players, uh, there is a subset of users you do not want to welcome within your online doors. So it became clear for us that we can make things more pragmatic when we say, okay, we will be specializing in building the most holistic and robust understanding of who your users are, but from an angle of making sure that you will not transact or you will not let in the ones that are really uh, potentially dangerous for your business. And this is how Neton was born. And and, 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 and the experiences, to, just to link it back to the BCG story, was um, uh, really number of experiences associated with how large institutions were leveraging their data and how much or, 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 or in certain situations not as much as, as as we would wish of this user understanding was available back then. So there, there is definitely a link and, and these uh, events uh, or these sets of experiences are, are definitely related. Interesting. And did you see in that yeah, merging of the of the banks where you were a management consultant too in, in your time at BCG, do you, did you see their banks dealing with those kind of users they did not want to welcome or subset of users they did not want to welcome at all? Or was that not something that was relevant to those specific banks just yet? To be perfectly perfectly transparent here, um, this was not necessarily a focus, but there were certain hypotheses uh, that were being bounced and that were, were being discussed. But the true reality was that some of these institutions didn't really have a way of testing such hypotheses because there was not enough data uh, to to validate uh, what was happening. There was obviously online fraud, but um, 
it was usually concentrated and identified at a very particular stage of an online transaction flow. So one big uh, part of our, our vision is, is, is really moving the risk management as a broader concept or, or, or fraud prevention and detection uh, from a very siloed, uh, separated uh, business function uh, to become an enabler within the entire institution. Because if you agree with me that online business is, is only going to be effective to the degree how they are able to perfectly or as close to perfectly cater to the needs of online users, because a recurring user is becoming more and more expensive, the advertising costs are, are, are going insane. There's more and more bots imitating or pretending to be quality traffic and so on and so on. So effectively, this need for centralizing online user uh, understanding throughout the uh, buying traffic, trying to get, have the best customer service on the platform, all the way through the payment experience and checkout experience, all throughout post-purchase related services. Uh, this should be uh, leveraging the same data potential. Like we are seeing and re reading more uh, a lot about data-like infrastructures, but, but in general, there's a trend to take something that used to be considered very specialist, cost-center-oriented, uh, and, and really leverage what, what is being done for preventing risk to to fuel some other processes. And we are seeing that the leading companies that are leveraging uh, online channels are really investing tremendous amount of effort into building internal competences in terms of how to model based on the data uh, regarding end users that they have. So um, we are... Mm, an interesting observation was that even if you had one or two million active users, and back in 2015, it's 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 it's, it's really an impressive online presence. But without the wrong, without the right architecture of how this data flows throughout the organization, a simple hypothesis like "Do we have fraud in this dimension?" is not so easy to test because maybe the data is available only to a particular department that is sitting 15 buildings away or, or in a different city, and there is no easy way to query this database, and there is no easy access because you need to go through the security department to get the right permissions, and and this 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 silos, uh, especially in large institutions, are are really well established we, we are we, they are not just buzzwords these are real hurdles that an in, individual even if they are super incentivized to go through these walls and 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 and, and do everything possible to get this data it's, it's it's really sometimes almost impossible so uh building uh or 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 allowing online institutions to to leverage this holistic understanding who is the wrong user for them it's one thing, but at the same time, we are trying to um, to speak loudly about the need for constructing the data the data processing flow throughout the institution, so that whatever we are doing for online fraud prevention perspective could be lever uh, could be leveraged for other needs as well. And at the end of the day, you have 
one user, one active user you want to serve best. So you should pull as much resources and as much insight into one place. And then different actors for different purposes should be using this information. Obviously, as long as we are uh, acquiring this information uh, in the lawful manner. So obviously data privacy rights, uh, all of that needs to be respected. But at the same time, imagine that how much easier it would be for an institution to manage uh, data privacy rights if everything would be centralized. Like if you would have one uh, understanding of Hubert Rachwalski uh, on a particular platform that is fed by several sources, but then if I would like to revoke my uh, my my consent to the data, it's it's much easier to, to to maintain this. Currently, it's it's really split and spread throughout so many different organizational units, databases. Uh, and 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 it's very uh, painful to deal from the legal perspective. So by no means I'm saying that we should just uh, extract and, and and process everything that is available. Obviously, consent and data privacy movements. This is this is the future, and that needs to be respected. But actually, to do it more effectively, we need to have a more centralized, uh, holistic way of 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 looking at online users. Yeah. So having having access to data or to structured data is important in order to prevent fraud that's a that's a, that's a very straightforward statement <laughs> i am dutch you know so that's fine like you said <laughs> Love it. Uh, that makes sense no, all right okay good no it's good to have some more meat on the bone but um i think that makes uh that makes total sense have you seen that develop over those last six years ever you started ever since you started netphone has the way that data is structured and the way that data is centralized has that changed? I'm thinking of things such as the development of the cloud infrastructure that's being used more and more, where companies are building on instead of on-premise. Um, have you seen that kind of change over the past six years, or has it been more or less the same? Is it still a big challenge? Pertaining to fighting fraud or in general? Um, well, I'd say in general, because that's important in order to, to fight fraud, right? That's what you, uh, what you just said. Yes. Uh, there are a few trends that, that are very tangible. It's not just a speculation of of of, of uh, thought leaders uh, associated with where tech will go. Like there's a lot of good stuff uh, happening, and then uh, as uh, you touched on on premise versus cloud, like there is much more willingness to even discuss. Like I remember three or four years ago, for certain financial institutions to even propose a cloud based setup would be effectively inviting yourself out of the door. But uh, with the months and quarters and the five-year strategic plans, uh, even within the most conservative ones, it is not becoming, like it, it is not anymore a biggest heresy. For some, it's still a little bit controversial to, to, to suggest, but we are seeing numbers of, of, of players that are actually operationally um, uh, working more and more in such a setup. So that is obviously helping because that makes things at the end of the day, cheaper. If 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 you are able to to deploy an infrastructure in a new region with a matter of uh, uh, several several clicks, obviously there's a lot of automated scripts there, but you do not need to go travel, move physical infrastructures, and obviously send people and and uh, and pay for their hotels and meals and everything. Like that's that's so much easier. And then obviously the continuous improvement of what you're at the end of the day on um, at the application layer serving how can you serve updates and and what is happening with with uh, with, with, with with getting all of these improvements ready and operational within your your setup 
this is definitely a very uh, a very positive trend. And obviously, I would say the biggest one that is that is supporting what we do. Clients are becoming more and more ready to to do sophistic, more and more sophisticated data processes. It's not anymore about creating a few rules and using Excel as a the go-to analytical tool. Like there are entire departments of data scientists that are equipped with the right tools and, 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 and competences to deal with more data. Because it was a natural first step that, okay, uh, you, you, you could be pitching, but I will give you so many more attributes. But then on the other side, there was a person with Excel and I say, I have already 17 columns. I don't know what to do with them. Like if you give me 300 more, I, my life will never end and I will not be able to, to go back to my family. And that was a natural reaction, but it's just that they are missing the right and the, the right skill set and, and competences there, and 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 not within just fraud, but but in general, uh, this is a very positive trend because whatever we as vendors, and here I'm positioning us as, a, as simply a vendor, are are preparing across the landscape of various tools that, that the company that that operates online needs to use these days. Uh, this is this is making these two universes compatible because we we we, we can be barking at the tree, but if there is um, there, there is no readiness on the other side. It's um, it's really impossible. Having the right understanding and appreciation at the leadership, the higher executive level, and how certain buzzwords are demystified and and actually. Uh, understood much and more and more better because we've been hearing the buzzword AI automation and, and various of the sorts for for years and and C teams have been probably quite uh, uh, quite um, quite um, well equipped to defend themselves from uh, from uh, from such concepts but but you see a lot of education. Um, programs like for 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 uh, for executives to really get practical insight. How does it work? And then if you look at the uh, curriculums of executive MBAs, for instance, I was really um, surprised the other week to to see how much they actually see and learn themselves. Obviously, they are they will never model for for their companies, but but having this appreciation that this is simply technology. It's not going to to save our business, but these are tools we can use if we use them in the right way. We can be so much more effective and and and, and more ready for for what needs to happen within our industry. So uh, this is another trend. Like there are probably a few more, but I would say uh, the mindset of the decision makers, readiness of the institution, and, and and in general how we think about architecture and infrastructure, technical infrastructure. These are probably the changes that are pushing us the, the quickest because at the end of the day, these large institutions need to be need to be ready to absorb whatever innovation is being produced outside of the of the enterprise. Makes sense. Yeah, as it's kind of uh, I think known, especially in the payments or or online space, is that even though the industry might be uh, developing in terms of change of mindset, maybe improved data processes, and be moving to the cloud. Uh, or other financial regulations such as um, DSD2 coming into play, 3DS 2.0, all to decrease fraud or to better be able to manage fraud. There's also the fraudsters who are developing still, right? They develop with the market. What are, I think maybe there's not enough time to go for all the developments that you've seen over the past six years, but maybe what are some of the highlights where you see that fraudsters have clearly developed themselves in order to be 
getting around those uh, kind of new regulations or new technical developments? I would say like in order to maybe generalize because there are several, let's say, more specific trends, but two things that we need to remember. The first one is that the technological advancements that we are benefiting from on the on the on the bright side of the moon are not something that is unavailable on the on the on the on the dark side of the moon. So uh, cost of processing, access to uh, cloud-based services, and being able to scale technical solutions very quickly uh, across the globe. This is this is obviously something that stays or stands at the disposal for for also malicious actors, as we like to call them more poetically. Uh, so, so these malicious, malicious actors are also benefiting from, from better weapons, let's put it like this. But even more importantly, uh, there comes the, 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 the competences aspect. And it is indeed a cat and mouse game because it's the, the more protected things are, obviously there is, there is, um, there is, um, there is a need for, 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 for the opponent to, to professionalize, to improve, to innovate, to find new ways of, 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 of getting into the system. And what is fueling this entire discussion and making it more exciting and more incentivized is the fact that with every day, there is more dollars, euros, pounds, and whatever other currency flowing through the pipes of internet. And uh, I love to have discussions with, with the executives of, of retail banks, for instance, and they, they sometimes fail to recognize the need to invest in sophisticated, technically sophisticated uh, security measures. And I'm not talking about online fraud only, but, the, but various layers of security for, for, for the platforms and operations that they, are, that they are using. And the reason for this is that in uh, 50 years ago, uh, uh, any of this institution could, if they were existing, obviously, they could look how much they were spending monthly, quarterly, yearly, whatever, on a physical access security measures, CCTV cameras, hidden vaults, security teams on, on disposal to protect the branches, and so on and so forth. These were billions of dollars being invested in protecting physical physical access to vaults. And now we are living in a world that more and more of these dollars are not accessed physically in a branch. They are accessed uh, or, or used um, uh, digitally. Uh, and, and the question is, if there is the same amount of dollars, or I, I would actually um, um, suggest that there is a significant more flow because there is usage, you, you do not need to go outside of your home to, to spend money. Uh, so there is more circulation. So the question is whether the incentive for a potential fraudster is higher or lower than it used to be. Like putting a, putting a, putting a, a disguised mask and, and, and going physically and trying to rob a bank, it required... A lot of motivation uh, these days. If you if you are skillful enough, if you if you know what and how to search on the internet, a lot of information is available there. So um, I would be very hesitant to to risk a statement. But by moving to online, the problem disappeared. Like the physical uh, protection problem disappeared. It's just that we need to deploy at least comparable level of security to what we are doing online, because I would suggest that, that there will be attacks and, uh, and the ones that are trying to extract money from the system, just as they used to rob physical banks uh, back in the day. By the way, I'm not suggesting that, that uh, brick and mortar robberies are not happening anymore, but for sure it's less of an issue now. 
So, uh, and with this driving, like this driving forces that there is more incentive. So obviously there's more incentive, it becomes a viable career choice. And there are groups of, uh, uh, of individuals and, and, and maybe institutions that are looking very pragmatically at this. And if, if I have a particular amount of money and access to particular resources with certain degree of technical competences, maybe I should run an organized operation and try to extract the money from the system, just as organized crime in physical world has been working. And uh, what we are seeing, the most dangerous attacks are, are the ones that are beautifully well prepared. Like from a technical standpoint, these are agile startups uh, uh, led by tech leaders that are uh, really at the top of their uh, of their discipline in terms of understanding how the security is built, and they are financed by institutional investors to a certain degree that are simply looking for the best ROI from from their investment. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, uh, what kind of understanding uh, we have on the online platform side that the user that pretends to do something on the platform is really a human being, is really a good user that, 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 that we should trust versus a, uh, a, uh, an attempt that, that might look extremely well uh, uh, prepared. It, it might seem to be coming from a legitimate location with the device network parameters of a normal person, but at the end of the day, it's just a very sophisticated piece of software spoofing reality, pretending to be someone or something that they are not. And this is the real opponent. And obviously, this is not a zero, one step uh, change. But this, um, we, 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 we are on the, on the curve that, that this sophistication, technical sophistication of, of, of online fraud is increasing and, and will be increasing because of this growing incentivization and will be increasing because in general, the technological advancements are pushing certain, uh, uh, making certain things more available, uh, more accessible, and, uh, and, 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 and the capabilities are simply larger with, with the growth of technology. So our positioning, and this is, there are a few things that I really believe in every day when I wake up. And one thing I'm 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 willing to 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 bet my entire day of energy every day for the last six years is the fact that it will not be easier to deal with fraud. And I'm very happy that there are regulations that make things more safe. But these are these are these can only be part of the solution because as long as there is access to resources and and and, and technical skills and technical possibilities, just as there is innovation on the on the, on on the bright side of the moon there will be innovation on the on the on, on the black side of the moon and if we want to have seamless uh, end user experience one click checkouts uh, convenience that we haven't yet seen because of uh, what uh, because of what end customer expects and, and then pushes onto the platform and the merchant it is impossible to to meet to, to have all of this and at the same time be super secure. So uh, even if we introduce certain regulatory changes that close one part or one shade of the problem, it, it just directs the focus of, of the opponents into a different dimension. And as long as uh, we will be searching and innovating on, the, on, the, on what kind of payment methods, what kind of account interaction and user experience um, will be offering to merchants, 
there will be new new holes uh, that, um, that 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 will be uh, that will be uh, that will be attacked. Will that will be approached by 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 these malicious actors? And my expectation, our expectation, our understanding is that the 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 nominal degree of technical sophistication of these attacks will be growing because this is a natural inflation of uh, of of what must happen. So. Uh, do invest in technical measures of understanding malicious attackers today and, and, and partner with the partners that are um, going to spend all their resources on trying to figure out how to be as close as possible to the opponent in this cat and mouse game. So, yeah, I mean, that, that increased technical sophistication uh, yeah, makes total sense. Like you said, indeed, that's the way you have the dark side and the... Uh, what did you call it? The light side, the right side of the moon. Um, I'm sorry if I if if I mispronounced or uh, misnamed uh, some of the existing concepts, but yes, I, I mentioned the darker and the brighter side of the moon. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's a great uh, uh, metaphor um, for yeah, kind of fraudsters being on the dark side and let's say the normal online businesses on the on the brighter side. But how does a company like Nephone deal deals with that continuous? Uh, technical sophistication increase that is going on or development of the frosters. How do you deal with that? How can you as a company make sure that your clients are set up uh, against those developments? With growing scale, uh, naturally, we have more and more resources. So we are able to reinvest more resources. But what really helps us is this learning curve um, uh, discussion because we have been observing every single user session of, of, of platforms that we've been working for the last few years in, in some sort of continuity, meaning that certain observations and, 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 and tricks, features, innovations that we are able to produce come from uh, coincidences that are exposed when you observe the long history and how, for instance, the, the settings and configuration of the of the, of the browser, particular browser has been changing, and there is a new change, and we and 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 certain certain new feature is being exposed to us, something we didn't see before. But even if someone would join looking at it today, they wouldn't have the history to expose this particular uh, anomaly or, or, or feature. I, 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 I know it sounds a little bit abstract, but there is a particular strength, obviously, besides having certain experience and capabilities within our team members uh, to be quicker at figuring out certain things. But this continuity of observation is really powerful here. Because if you look at what we do, we, we are effectively profiling or look uh, investigating a user session which is the moment when you open a browser and go on a particular website or you log into a native application on a mobile device this is this user session and it can last a few seconds it can last one hour depending on the, of what the user experience is and we are looking at every single one of them and we look at it from a few thousand different perspectives because that's how many attributes we extract. And obviously, with time, certain attributes uh, are deprecated, meaning that are not available anymore because maybe the setup of the operating system changed, so certain data uh, we are not able to extract anymore. And there are new uh, lenses that are added. But at the end of the day, the, the, the power comes from the fact that we are looking from so many different perspectives 
But even if you eliminate 10 and add maybe 10 more, it's a little bit of a, of a dynamic view. It's a little bit of a video. It's, it's not a snapshot. Uh, so we are okay with losing some visibility because we are supplementing with new visibility. And, and since it's quite granular, we are effectively recording a dynamic view. And, and, and having this view over the longer term, term allows us to be more, um, uh, be, ma makes it easier to observe something that stands out. Because often a new fraudster tactic will not only influence one attribute, it will also have technical consequences on other ones. So for instance, uh, there can be a new piece of uh, fraud software that spoofs browsers, meaning that it pretends to be a different browser. Like from a server perspective, it pretends to announce itself as a different browser than it is. And the question is, what technically happens there? What, what, is there some sort of automation there? Is there some sort of virtualization? Maybe this session, in order to operate this spoofer, this spoofing, spoofing technique, needs to go through a virtual machine. And we have, let's say, 25 different ways of identifying a session, a user that comes from an operating system, system that is not really installed on a device that they are using, but it's coming from a virtualized operating system. And even if we do not know yet how to identify the digital signature of this particular application used for spoofing browser, Maybe it's enough to know that we are dealing with a virtual machine. And we know for the fact that if a normal user that wants to buy a pair of sneakers very rarely comes from a browser installed and opened on a virtualized operating system. Okay, there are some developers that might do it because they need to buy something quickly and they have a virtualized, but this is very, very rare. So what I'm saying is that having this very wide angle and a long list of perspectives and they are on all the time. So if there is something new, it happens from time to time that it's something that we really do not see. But in most cases, it will be influencing our di other dimensions that we are already looking for and, and using uh, as a part of intelligence that we provide to our clients. Interesting. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> there's probably a, a whole podcast more on those uh, perspectives. Um, but it's uh, it, <laughs> it's great to get your insights into uh, already kind of the developments that you see in the market, uh, as well as learn a bit more about uh, about Netphone. Um, what's next for you guys? I think you had uh, 6.7 million uh, of Series A last uh, July, um, which is a great milestone, I can imagine. What are the next steps? What are you looking forward to uh, maybe later this year? Is there certain pieces you can give to our listeners? Yes, it's uh, uh, for sure what is expected is that uh, after A comes B. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and this, is, um, this is not because we, we like to accumulate as much uh, resources as possible, uh, but it is to accelerate our ability to go to market. We believe that we are very strong in terms of bringing new features and actually solving the problem for our clients. But uh, it is difficult to speak uh, and, uh, and have time and resources to engage with the right decision makers all around the globe. It is, it is really cybersecurity is a very uh, trust-based um, um, engagement, if I can call it like this. So it's impossible. Like, 
it's difficult to expect that that everyone will be coming uh, to your door and uh, expecting a very quick uh, uh, launch on all of their uh, business because there is a lot of security trust um, topics associated there. Nevertheless, so like on the fundraising side, for sure, this is something to be expected. But uh, we are also launching and will be launching it um, uh, relatively soon. Uh, still this year for sure, a completely new way of, of 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 trying to test what we've built. I cannot say too much. <laughs> we believe that there is uh, there is a step that has been missing, meaning that part of the value proposition that that a company like like ours is to offer, and that needs to be vetted properly and 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 uh, and done after several discussions. There is a uh, still sizable or, or substantial part of what we do that could be already made available easier to to the companies so that they uh, they could enjoy, um, that could enjoy um, these uh, these benefits ahead of a typical enterprise sales uh, engagement. Right. So this is something we we are uh, really intensively working on, and uh, and we'll be announcing it later this year. That sounds exciting. No, perfect. Yeah, no, great. Uh, thanks for uh, yeah being on the show. Give a bit of a perspective. Um, I do want to give a small listeners uh, or listening tip to uh, to our listeners, which is basically uh, your own podcast, um, which I think is called the um, Dark Web Summary. Uh, you recently had uh, the CSO uh, from uh, TikTok on there. Which is quite an interesting uh, one to listen to. So I can definitely recommend that to everyone. And yeah, to you, Hubert, thanks for being here um, and great to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for all the questions and uh, and, and really uh, looking forward to, to the next occasion to chat. That'd be great. I'll uh, put something in the diaries. <laughs> thanks very much, Hubert. Cheers. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of In Check with Fintech. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to keep updated with the latest episodes of our podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from our partner Free a Girl, who are dedicated to finding child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Evelyn, CEO and founder of Free a Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away, together with their youth, family, and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us, unlock their freedom and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freegirl.com for more information. Thank you.